is up, homies? Welcome back to the Outkick Bets podcast. It's an NBA playoff preview. Well, not, you know, the beginning of the playoffs. We're obviously in the conference finals, but me and the homie David Troy are back after a long hiatus to break down game two of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics. And then we're going to touch on game three of the Western Conference Finals, Nuggets, Lakers. David, how is your NBA postseason going from a betting perspective? Uh, without a doubt, like a million times better than the regular season. <laughs> I even tweeted this out. I was saying that it essentially like it's a lot easier to bet on games when you know that teams are actually like motivated to win. Mm-hmm. And and you can kind of tell some of that stuff. Um, but, yeah, they've been phenomenal. I mean, up probably over 20-something units. I haven't lost on the conference finals in the three games that we've had, and I've had multiple plays on the games. Had uh, another three, 3.7 units last night on uh, three different plays, so it went really well. Uh, yeah, I'm three and zero in the three conference games as well. I did miss on a uh, player prop, but the way I bet it, I bet like a full unit in the game and a quarter in the player props. Even though I think my player props are more profitable this year than my sides. We talked about this a lot during the regular season and just through text. But no one I know won money in the NBA betting just sides. Um, this regular season, like it was just a nightmare for everyone and everyone cited the exact same thing it's just like this load management bs or the injuries or whatever just less importance in the nba regular season by the by the teams and organizations but i'm off to a good uh playoffs as well i had a much better start to the playoffs and than the middle there like the first round did really good hit both series bets that i made second round got smacked around a little bit gave it back and Looking good so far here in the conference final, so hopefully I can keep it going. Uh, I actually have five bets in our two games. Two player props and a side in the first, and then a side and a player prop in the second. Did you – I had a – I went to Vietnamese, uh, uh, this Vietnamese sandwich shop yesterday for lunch called Lee's, and they do banh mi, which is like a – Vietnamese Delicious. sandwich and uh, iced coffee. Have you ever had Vietnamese iced coffee? I have never had a cup of coffee in my life. Oh, man. That is so your personality. <laughs> <laughs> just don't need it, man. Yeah, you're just always on, right? Here we go. I wake up. That, that's always the, the next question. So how do you wake up? Well, I open my eyes and I just get up. <laughs> that's <laughs> just, what I, I just do. do it. I just <laughs> yeah. start moving. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I... I was anti-coffee from like zero to essentially until I got into my thirties. I'm 36 now. So I've been, I've been drinking coffee pretty regularly for the past few years. Um, anyways, why I brought it up, I got a, a Vietnamese iced coffee yesterday and it was rocket fuel. I can only drink half of it because it's just got so much caffeine. So I saved the other half for like eight, eight, 8 PM last night, drank it and just pumped out like five, like thousand word handicaps. <laughs> I, yeah. I hit I hit Boston Miami and I was like you know what I can't sleep and I'm like kind of shaking let me just hit Denver at Lakers while I got all this energy yeah so I uh I've already made all these bets as well so I apologize for past posting but 
we'll talk about the current numbers when we get to them and uh, if I'll still play them. I'm refreshing my DraftKings betting page right now. They are the sponsor of the Outkick Bets podcast and pretty much my job uh, entirely. So check them out. We have a whole bunch of awesome promotional codes you can access through uh, outkick.com backslash betting. Just, I don't know, click one of the links in my article or one of the links on the website. <laughs> I, wish I'd, I wish I had more information uh, than that, but I suck, as you guys can tell. Anyways, let's talk about Game 2, Eastern Conference Finals, tipping off 5.30 or 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Celtics down 0-1, favored 9.5 coming into this game, over sitting at... 215. I chickened out on this game. I went with a first half spread instead of a full game. I hit the heat in game one, though. That felt good because yeah. it felt square. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't know if I would say that, actually. I think people, it, I feel like a lot of people were on the Celtics because they were like kind of I mean they were so dominant against the 76ers in game 7 they were expecting it to be them again to beat the heat and I still don't think people really believe in the heat they believe in Butler but I don't think they believe in the heat I lost so much money on the heat this regular season cuz I believed in them I'm starting to make it back yeah. in the playoffs yeah, uh cuz I, I knew what this team was capable of you know what frustrates me I and and maybe I thought it was a square play because I listen to so many different gambling podcasts and gambling shows and all these like supposed sharps or maybe they are sharps but um they were on the Celtics they've been on the Celtics the whole year and I thought the Celtics have been overrated compared to the market's opinion the entire year because again I'll default back to the, the reason why I picked the Warriors in the last NBA finals you heard me say this a million times they don't have a true point guard. <laughs> they don't have anyone to get Jalen Brown who can't dribble and Jason Tatum easy looks. Like, it's kind of – and in their offense, this is what I said in the first game one, Heat, uh, Celtics, handicap. Their offense is actually kind of easy to, like, strategize against. They're dribble driving and kicking out to three, and they're just going to swing it for three and then chuck a three. I mean, whether or not you can get in front of them, stay locked in from a help and rotation – perspective that's another story but like common sense it's pretty you know what they're trying to do right they're trying to chuck threes that's it yep so yeah that being said i think their threes are going to go down in this game <laughs> and um the, the other reason why i thought that the heat were a square place because most people again that i read was sourced how teams that just come off of a game seven win struggle in game one even at home um, well, we have a similar trend that I'm following right now, which is teams that um, lose game one at home, bounce back in game two, and just slaughter their opponent. Um, I think f- the teams um, down 0-1 at home in game two as favorites are 14-1 straight up, 13-2 over the last three postseasons with like double-digit ATS and, and, and straight-up margins. Like it's... You hate to use this word, but it's a, it's a fucking lock, essentially. And mm-hmm. it'll probably lose this time, but I, I, I'm going for it, you know? I'm taking the uh, the Celtics. I gave it out at minus five and a half again. I was just flying high on Vietnamese coffee, and I got the first number that hit. Um, but it's down to, or it's up to six, and I would still play it at this number, even though the, the full game spreads nine and a half, and 
Celtics coming out in the first half is definitely priced in. Yeah, I'm seeing six and a half at uh, DraftKings too, which is not normal. So you know there's a ton of money coming in on that that line, and that's a heavily bet side. I mean, is the Celtics? Yeah, in the first half. Yeah, people are clowning on Joe Missoula. I think he's just like become like the punching bag for all of Boston's woes, and he probably deserves a good bit of it. I mean, he is a rookie. I give him a little bit of uh, the benefit of the doubt for it, but he said something at the end of Game One that people shitted on, and like I feel him. And he was like, "Hey, we won three of the four quarters." I heard a few people say, "You're not. I'm not trying to hear that when your team loses." Fair, I get that rebuttal. But, like, he's right. They won three in the four quarters. And, like, if it wasn't for getting just completely blitzed in the third, which is, you know, part of the coaching mismatch. Of course, Spo has better second-half adjustments in Missoula. They win that game. And I'll tell you what, I had you had the Heat, right, in game one? Or what did did you have? I I had the Heat. I had the Heat in game one, too. I wasn't feeling good after the first half. I was not feeling good at all about it. I mean, I'm not going to even lie. I thought about buying out of my position. But, like, we've seen Boston play with their food, which gets back to my, you know, my bet taking Boston in the first half. And we've seen them pee down their leg in the second half, even at home, especially at home. But at home in the first half this postseason, they have an eight-point-per-first-half um, eight margin. So I think they come out and they, they blitz the heat early. We know that. They can get hot from three. I think they'll get hot, and Spo will make his adjustments, possibly get this game closer in the second half, but I think Boston's taking a double-digit lead into halftime. Poke, yeah, I, I wouldn't poke be some surprised holes in my dumb that. shit. Come on, man. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised about that. I mean, okay, so they lost the first game to the 76ers last series, and then they came out and won by 30. Hammered. And not quite 30, but you, you get what I'm saying. But I will say, Could have been if they didn't take their foot off yeah, the gas. But I, I will say though, most of that came in the third quarter, when they outscored them by 19 points. So Fair. the first half was they were still up by eight going into the, the second half. So if that's similar, then they cover this spread. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know they did they did come out in the second half and and like put it away, which is what they needed to do in the last game. Uh, the thing is though, like Spolster's a smart coach and the heat have a ton of veterans. So I don't think this is going to be the same kind of like blowout. I don't think it'll be a blowout in almost any game. Uh, if there's a team that's going to blow somebody out, it's going to end up being the Celtics blowing somebody, but blowing out the uh, heat. But I think most of these games are going to be pretty close. And to me, like I would lean towards taking the heat, but I, you know, you've also seen the Heat not necessarily care the next game. So again, for example, they won against the Bucks in the first game of their series, and then they basically just gave the game away in game two because um, they had stolen the home court advantage. So the Bucks ended up beating them by they beat them by sixteen. And most of that came in the first half. Uh, the Bucks outscored the the Heat by 19 in that game. Um, so I'm, I'm, I mean, I think your play is right. I think 
for the full game, though, I would probably lean more towards taking the nine and a half points at this point. Um, Because I think you, again, with the Heat, I think you got the better coach, for sure. I think you arguably have the best overall player. I think think they do, absolutely. And playoff Jimmy, at least. Let's be real clear. It's got to be playoff Jimmy, not just regular Jimmy. No, more the playoffs. Yeah. Um, The Celtics have the best scorer. They probably have the they, – they have the deeper team, I would think. Um, but this is also a Heat team that has a bunch of champions that know how to play. And I don't think that anybody who thought that the Celtics were just going to, like, sweep the Heat or beat them in five games, like, I don't think it's realistic. And obviously it isn't now, but um, – it's a long-winded way of saying I do think the first half is probably the better look in this game. I'm not touching a spread one way or the other. Um, I do think nine and a half is starting to get to be too many points. Um, the one look that I kind of like in terms of total would be the Heat to be under their team total in points, um, which is 102 and a half. Only because after losses in the playoffs, the Celtics have actually been pretty good about bringing their defense um, and and trying to hold people. I would say that has not necessarily been the case every time, but um, you know they lost again to Philly in the first game. Next game, they held them to 87 points. So at home, when they knew they needed to win, obviously in Game Seven, they held Philly again to 88 points. So. The defense could be there. To your point, like last year, they were, I think, the best team against the spread and straight up following losses, Boston mm-hmm. was. It dipped yeah. a little bit this year, but we kind of understand why that is. Like they, I mean, they got off to a red hot start. They didn't even lose too many games early, but like they were, they were smelling themselves. They were like, oh, it's championship mm-hmm. or bust, right? They didn't take the regular season as seriously and they didn't have. You know, the badass coach like nudging them or pushing the same buttons that he did last year because they had a new one. Um, But I also think that the Miami Heat made a bunch of like, I just thought their shot making was a little unsustainable and it's due to regress. And I think Jimmy Butler is the best player in the series. I wrote that in my column on Outkick for breaking down game one. He's probably playing like what? And Jimmy Butler right now, top five, top ten player in the NBA, top top Easily. five, right? Okay, right now, yeah, yeah, right. So if he plays like a top twenty player in the NBA, I don't, I don't think that he could beat the Celtics. So we're talking about if he's pro, if he's shooting, if he has a, a night where he shoots forty yeah. percent, you know, I think the Heat, pro, the Celtics probably win that one, and maybe it doesn't happen, but. Either way, I you know I'm I'm on the Celtics here for all the reasons already listed. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. How do you feel about some prop stuff? Because I got two of them correlated to my pick. I'm uh, I'm actually taking shots at the Miami role players, but not the proven vets. <laughs> some of the guys um, who are unproven. Do you have any prop props though in Heat Celtics? I, I do have one. It's it's actually the only one that I've bet today. So I have one bet. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to so, me. Give it to me. Mine is uh, Marcus Smart over uh, 22 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. 
I haven't heard anyone say that. I want to hear. I want to hear your rationale. No, I love it because oh. I I feel like everyone's fade Marcus Smart. So I want to hear someone say a pro Marcus Smart argument because I can get into that. What's, what's up? What are you thinking? He's actually had a really good postseason. First off, that's that's one of the things. Um, his first game against Miami, he had 11 assists, 13 points. Um, so that would have easily covered it. He only had one rebound, which I do think could be an issue. Um, but I just have really liked the way he's playing, and I think the number is just too low. I think he could score 22 points if he wanted to. Um, he's been shooting a little bit better. He's at home. He's in a game that this is the type of game that the Celtics need him in. Like, he needs to kind of bring that energy, set the tone for him. That's who he is as their point guard. So I do think he is going to be able to kind of rack up the assists again, be able to get points. He, like I said, he just has looked sharp, and I just think this number is too low on him. So You said uh, 22 and a half? 22 and a half points, rebounds, and assists, yeah. Guess what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to join you on that wall, and I'm also <laughs> going to bet Marcus Smart over 22 and a half points, rebounds, assists. You know why? Because when we and you, Eiffel Tower, a player prop, we are roughly, hold on, let me look at my notes. All right, all right. 80, we're 83.4%. Wow. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. And you could, uh, I actually keep my record posted on my Twitter at Jeffrey underscore Clark. So just go there and you'll see <laughs> yeah, all my wait. records. <laughs> yeah, see, see what happens there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's twitter.com backslash Jeffrey underscore Clark. You'll, you'll find me. Um, yeah. I'm with you. Also, back to the rebounds thing. Miami Heat been chucking some threes themselves, and that leads to longer rebounds. He's probably going to be out there on the perimeter more often than not. I love the energy angle that you're taking here because he views himself as like, I'm. J- it's Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and me, Marcus Smart. It's us three. Mm-hmm. And it's our trio. Yeah. If, I mean, for this bet, I love that energy, you know? Yeah. If I'm Joe Mazzua, I might get annoyed, but like – for our over 22 and a half player combo. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. You are just, you're better than Jalen Brown, Marcus smart. Now go out there and prove it better, <laughs> better. Yeah. At least you can handle the ball. Jalen Brown is a walking turnover. Um, all right. First player prop. I'm going max Struess under 12 and a half points. Heavy Ooh. juice. Now heavy juice to the and, under to the under. And I know you're going to look at his threes. Let me go ahead and spoil for you. Over spoil 1.5 it. threes, minus 160. The market's Ooh. expecting for him to hit some threes. Um, however, sure. he's probably going to get a lot of like catch-and-shoot looks, right? Especially off of Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio action, which goes into my next prop. I'll talk about that in a second. But Max Struess, I thought this was interesting. He has the lowest usage rate of any Miami Heat rotational player in the playoffs. Like, they don't call any plays for this fool. Like, he could go missing the entire game, and it really wouldn't. It might not even matter. They might like forget about him. I, I know he he actually plays pretty well. And the other thing is, this under is juiced heavily. He's went over fourteen points. And I think six straight playoff games. So it's Wait, kind did of, you say it's 12 and a half or is it 14 and a half? No, I said it's 12 and a half. Oh, okay. 
but he's went he scored at least 14 in I think six straight playoff games. Hold on, let me pull yep, it up now. It is. It six is. Straight. Yep. So you know, I think player prop markets are the are sharper than sides usually and it feels like maybe maybe I'm overthinking it, but it feels like DraftKings is trying to steer the people into betting the over. It's like, hey, see this guy? Catch and shoot guy. This this the game one went over. He's been playing pretty well lately. Take his over. It's two points or a point and a half less than what this guy's been putting up for six straight games. But I didn't go missing the offense. I hear what you're saying about the Miami Heat keeping it close, and I agree. I also think there's a a pretty good chance Boston just pimp smacks them. And we know blowouts just absolutely kill overs. They do it, especially with player props. So, sure. I, I mean, he's not good enough. The counter to my point of his low usage is that he's not good enough for them to, like, be benching him in a blowout. <laughs> like, hey, just stay out there, dude. Like, we, you don't get – Jimmy, bam, you come sit down. Max, go ahead. Max, you just keep practicing, dude. So that is actually a concern. But, you know, they, we could we could see some – what's his name? Haywood Haysmith out there. Uh-huh. Or, <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to say Duncan Robinson. Yeah, we, I mean, we could see some Duncan Robinson. He's got a much higher usage than Max Struess. Um, also, I, I looked at this as game one matchups. This is by time a player spent defending him. First, Jalen Brown. Second, Jason Tatum. And third, Marcus Smart. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, really good defenders. Marcus Smart, excellent defender. And really, if Marcus Smart's on him, Miami's offense isn't going towards Max Strews, right? Yeah, I would, I would agree. They're probably going to hunt like Derek White or something, or maybe like Jimmy Butler attacking Horford or a big. Or I, I don't know who will be out there, but you, you agree with my well, point. So you're not going to put him in a pick and roll situation. If no. Marcus Smart's guarding him, you're not calling him to set the screen, and right. you're definitely not not giving him the ball to try and create because that's not his game so yeah. i i get that what are your overall thoughts on the uh on the prop Strews? yeah i would say the only reason that i don't particularly care for it personally is just because of the volume of shots he's been getting it isn't about how many he's scored but he's had at least 10 shots in all six of those games and obviously he's very three-point dependent but um, I would tend to just lean maybe towards the over because I do think that um, you know they're going to try and get the ball out of Jimmy's hands. Jimmy will try and penetrate. He'll kick it out. If you come off of Struess at all, he has a good shot of making it. So I would only lean towards the uh, the over personally, but I have no play on it one way or the other. So best of luck to you. Quick math, 10 shots, right? Let's say he's hot, hits five of them. Over on the three-point prop, one and a half. Two threes, cashes, square, not square play. It's a it's a heavy favor for him to go over, minus 150. Two threes. 12 total. 12 total, baby. Stays under. And all those fake, I've been watching basketball. I know what Max Strews could do. Max Struess backers get served, and Jeff Clark brings home the bacon. The Struess stands. <laughs> it's the Struess stands, yeah. 
I so the one of the plays I hit was Jimmy Butler's over assists in the first game. Nice. And I'm not I, I'm not playing too many player props in this, especially on the Heat, because I I do think there is a blowout potential, but I I don't think it's going to happen. I just feel like there is obviously the possibility that the Celtics can do it. It's part of the um, range of outcomes for sure. Right. Right. Whereas I didn't think that was necessarily going to be the case in game one. And it looked like it was going to be a blowout for the Celtics after you know the first half. But uh, in this one, I'm a little bit more concerned that Butler ends up getting like less minutes than normal and just doesn't, doesn't have to pass or doesn't get the opportunity. So that's why I'm laying off at this time. Well, it's perfect little segue because my second player prop in this one is I'm going under three and a half assists for Gabe Vincent. Now we know he, first of all, he, he, if you look on like the, the program or the a basketball reference, he's listed as a point guard. Look at my face. Yeah. He's not, a, he's not a point guard. He's effectively a small floor spacing three and D guy. That's what he does. Yeah. He's when, over he's had four assists in one of the five Boston Celtics Miami Heat games this year was 0 for 4 um in the regular season granted he didn't start fair enough but Kyle Lowry closed out most games um in the Heat Knicks series now Gabe Vincent played all of game one uh fourth quarter versus the Celtics so maybe he's just out there but either way like Bam's gonna be orchestrating the offense more so Butler obviously is more so, and he's, I think, going to be used as more of like a floor spacing guy. And there were, I think, five or six Miami Heat. I don't know if you have the game one box score in front of you. I think there's five or six Miami Heat players that threw assists in game one. He Vincent's two assists were the fewest out of any of those guys. So he's just... But yeah, five guys... Had an assist, and he had two, right? Which is which was the fewest, right? Fewest, yeah. Lowry had three, Martin three, Butler seven, Adebayo five. Yeah, and I think people. Maybe I'm doing too much of a straw man here, but you know, I think people could make an argument that you know he is the point guard. They're a good three point shooting team. Their offense has been rolling. He's going to get some assists when it's like, nah. Watch the games. This this fool is more of a floor spacer. He's not. He's not getting people open. He's not creating shots for for teammates. That's not that's not what he does. So, um, and that's what they need in in reality because Adebayo, like you said, the the game will probably run through him because in order to kind of neutralize Robert Williams, you need to have Adebayo further out from the basket. So, you want to get him in that high post, pass in the ball there, let Adebayo figure it out. It's not going to be Vincent again. It's not going to be Vincent trying to do some sort of like call for a pick and roll or any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I do like it. Um, like if he goes over, juiced. it feels like it's going to be lucky if anything. Yeah. What did you get it at? Uh, personally, I'm still waiting on my, on my book. I gave it out. Oh, at, gotcha. okay. I gave it out at minus one thirty five, which is oh. where I would still, oh, it's minus one sixty. I got to go yeah, with my book what, right now. That's why I was asking because I'm seeing it really. I mean, it's minus 156 at one book and minus 160 at another. That's why I was curious. 
you still like it at that? Yeah, I do. I do. So this is so. All right, I did really well. This is the best year that I ever had. This past year was the best year I ever had betting game or player props. And then I listened to a bunch of sports betting um, podcasts and a bunch of people that are successful betting props in the Super Bowl. And they're like, actually, it's the juicier ones or the more expensive ones that are profitable ones because the public bets more props in the Super Bowl, right? Like than any other time of the year, obviously. And they all want plus money payouts. I don't want to lay a tax. So, like, you saw um, shortest touchdown under one and a half yards was like minus 180 and that the people think oh yeah i mean you're not gonna have a one-year touchdown when in fact like a one-year touchdown especially in the super bowl has been like a lock like there's been i think 12 of them in the past 10 years and two of them in this past super bowl i i mean i'm i'm getting there the long way but essentially it's like minus 160 sucks but i don't know don't bet to win, bet to risk, I guess, right? So if you're twenty five dollar, if you if you're a twenty five unit player, or um, if you're one unit's a hundred dollars, and you want to do like a quarter unit on it, instead of like rough math, betting forty dollars to win twenty five dollars, bet twenty five dollars to win eighteen Whatever, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. If that if that rationale makes sense, I, I'm going to bet to win, but like that's how I would like kind of cushion the blow for people hearing this bet now for the first time good stuff yeah. right want to move on yeah no yeah all right we uh flip my notes here go to the mm-hmm. game three of the nuggets at the lakers uh tipping off saturday eight eastern standard time lakers are favored five and a half currently the over under is 223 and a half um I'm going with the Lakers, going with the home team. Well, home team yeah. for me, not home team for 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 you. Uh, I I got a bunch of notes and stuff, but what do you what are you thinking? Everybody in the world's gonna be on the Lakers in this game, and yeah. uh, I mean the only way that the Lakers don't cover this is if uh, Vegas gets involved and, so, and calls them and they're like, you know what, we're gonna take a huge hit if you guys win this game by six points. So win it by five, kind of thing. That's a good call, yeah. But I will say this. I was literally refreshing DraftKings as soon as that game ended last night, and I got it at three and a half. And I sent it out to clients immediately. Brilliant. So it was something that I had, like, marked down, like, if the Lakers lose, this is what I want to do right away. So we got it at three and a half. Hopefully clients were able to grab it at that. I still do actually like it at five and a half. I don't think it's going to be – all that close like i think it'll probably be more of like a 10 point win for the lakers um i think their defense will probably come their role players are going to probably be a lot better people who like d'angelo russell will probably have better games here um so those are just kind of like simple ones that i was thinking of um defensively again i also think they probably hold the nuggets down And, and let's face it like we already saw a big free throw di- uh, disparity between the two teams in game two. It's probably going to be even worse in game three. The yeah. NBA does not want to see the Lakers get swept. No. I mean, it's just, it, it's not going to happen. And the Lakers being at home, this is t- typically a very good spot for the road team coming home down 0 2, right? Yeah. So to me, this is 
This is screaming a Lakers spot. The number is actually a little closer than I thought it would be still at five and a half. I thought it'd probably get up to about six, maybe seven by the, by tip off. Maybe it will, but um, I'm all, I'm all on the Lakers in this one. And uh, I, I do think it, the, the narrative is going to play out the way that it is supposed to. Me too. I agree with just about everything you said. Uh, try to add some stuff to it. If you see Scott Foster as the crew chief tomorrow, <laughs> just go to the nearest payday lender, take out a loan, and then go and bet the Los Angeles Lakers. Exactly. Look out. Yep. Go on Twitter and just just search Scott Foster. Let, let let me know what you find, or if you find him as the crew chief, or even just involved. Uh, this Lakers Nuggets game three, then you can hammer the Lakers. This is not too random of a trend. It obviously, it's going to apply here. But since 2019, uh, home favorites in Game Three off of down 0-2, favored by four or more, are five and two straight up and against the spread. Um, healthy margins in both. Is it the but they won by? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they won by an average of 10.3 points per game and covered by an average of 5.1 per points per game in those spots. Um, we saw a couple of them actually these playoffs, right? Warriors down 0-2, went back to Golden State, um, or went back home and just, you know, pimp smacked the Kings, 114-97. We saw it last round. Nuggets, Suns. Nuggets took a 2-0 lead back to Phoenix. Phoenix beat them 121-114. They were four-point favorites, only covered by three, but still, hey, cover's a cover and kind of strengthens my point at least i'm trying to have it strengthen my point also this is pretty common sense not common sense but it's like looking at us right in the face the denver nuggets and every team in the west sucked on the road this year it's just it's just that's just how yeah. it is this is her 21 25 straight up and against the spread on the road they have a losing point per game or a negative point per game margin on the road negative ats margin on the road like you know, you could say this team, this 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 Nuggets team is different. Partially, I partially agree with that. I think this is Jokic's year. He's effing phenomenal. I think this is probably going to go six or seven games. And I, I do agree with you that the Lakers are going to win and win comfortably in this game. Um, I also love the point about role players that you made about role players performing better at home, but. Austin Reeves and Rui balled out. You could say they're due for regression, but you could also say, well, hey, they found their groove. Now maybe if uh, Dean John Russell hits a couple more shots, then then the Lakers will you know will uh, will have a better offensive output, which is pretty you know self explanatory. But still, and also LeBron kind of sucked yesterday. Zero for six from three. Took some ill advised shots. Random turnover at the end. Just completely smoked a layup down four with like 26 seconds left i actually had had that dunk that he like fumbled out of bounds yeah dude i had over 41 and a half pra he ended with Uh, 41 did you oh you didn't you weren't on twitter i had lebron to get a triple double and he missed it by one rebound yeah it was a plus 900 terrible dude yeah so we both took a bad beat there yours payout would have been a lot sicker than mine but still Felt like I was on the right right side. I mean, if he hangs onto that basketball, I I win. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
I actually thought, like, literally up until that final turnover, I was like, oh, he's just going to get an easy layup. This is going to go in. Like, I'm good here. And it's like, mm-hmm. nope. So my one loser of the conference finals thus far. It's a real bummer. Um, also, another pretty, like, I think straightforward angle looking us in the face, like, Jamal Murray went absolutely nuts in the fourth quarter. If he doesn't do that, they don't win. They don't win that game. Like, they needed that. And, like, I, I, this could be a whole other podcast. I don't know what side of this you fall on. I'm not a Jamal Murray guy. I think he's a bit overrated. I think he takes too many tough, unnecessary, contested threes. He's a tough shot maker, but you don't need to be a tough shot maker if you're a point guard in Jokic's offense. Get him the look or get him the ball move without the ball and he'll probably find you for an open open shot I, I know they need someone else to create looks but he doesn't create enough looks for teammates in my opinion i don't know what, what do you what's your pushback or thoughts on the whole jamal murray thing so I, i'm not a murray fan but uh i will say specifically regarding yesterday um and their kind of like their fourth quarter overall they were shooting really poorly from three that game and then it kind of clicked finally even murray you could see like he was just like oh finally i made a shot like i mean multiple times he made some like turnaround layup and you could see him like throw his head back like thank you like you know it it finally went in did the same thing again after a three that he finally made and sometimes all it takes is one to go in and then you start getting hot um he's doing what he's supposed to though uh, and I, I do agree with you. They don't win if he doesn't get hot, but he got hot. And then Michael Porter jr. Got hot at the same time, but keep in mind, they were up 12 with like, I don't know what it was, maybe six minutes left. And then obviously the game was real close down at the end. So it's been kind of a, a game of runs, which is pretty normal for basketball. Um, I just don't know that the Nuggets will be able to get a sustained run in this game. Agreed. The only thing I would mention, though, is even when it seems like the Nuggets shouldn't win certain games, they do have a way of doing it. And I don't, I don't think Mike Malone is a, an amazing coach, but I do think he's probably better than Darvin Ham. So I agree. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It, it just would be very, very shocking for a number of reasons. First off, if the Nuggets won this game, but second, if it was even really close. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, LA's a tough place to play in the weekend too. A lot of yeah, things to do out here. Star, stars will be out. Wonder what stars. Yeah. What stars going to be out? Probably the uh, director of Little Rascals. I'm sure he's got courtside tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh, all right. So I'm going to go from one square play to a square play. I'm going... Um, over Anthony Davis, 24 and a half points, Anthony, every other Davis. I mean, I got, I took an under on this cycle. I haven't bet an over on this one yet, but I'm hoping that the under or the overs was as profitable as the underlook that I had earlier this postseason. scored 40 on 14 to 23 shooting in game one, put up a dud in game two, which is pretty predictable. Big reason why I took the under in game two, which cashed. AD had 18 points on four of 15 shooting. If he hits four more of those shots, he's still shooting below his average, and he scores 26 points and goes over that number. So it doesn't have to change a lot of things. 
I also feel as though the way he could possibly um, mitigate Jokic's effectiveness, he's not shutting him down on defense. He's got to he's got to give it back to him offensively and make Jokic work. That's that's the best way I think. Like AD could kind of. I don't know, offset or neutralize this matchup. Also, speaking of which, this is a random take. Not a random take, but this is a take that I was thinking of last night. And AD is actually 100%. Like, he is a better big than Joel Embiid. Like, it's it's Jokic yeah. and, and Joel, or it's Jokic and, and Anthony Davis is probably the two best bigs in the league. Right? I would think so. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Denver's front court defense. Absolutely trash. During the regular season, their defensive field goal percentage was 71% at shots at the rim. You know, AD has been spending a lot of time in the paint, and you think down 0-2 at home, he's going to be a little more aggressive coming off of a dud game. And he's had some great games over the first two series, and who did he? who was his primary defender? the defensive player of the year and then an all-time defender in Draymond Green, right? I mean, I don't I don't think it's I don't hate on Jokic's defense. I think him being bad defensively is overstated, but like AD should be able to get buckets on him if he's if he's hitting some shots and and playing as well as he could. Yeah, he doesn't have uh <clears throat> Jokic doesn't have a great defensive game, but he has no he lateral could- quickness. Yeah, he can at least stop some people. AD should be able to eat him up every time, and he didn't game one, but game two. And I was talking with some about with this about uh, to somebody else. He's kind of like a yo-yo. One game he'll be great. One game he'll be terrible. He's and never just, been bad two games in a row on defense. I'll give him that. Like oh, he, yeah, yeah. he brought it on defense, and that to me, this is part of my. Like, I, I hit the under hard yesterday. And no, like I heard multiple people like you got to stay away from the under. You can't touch an under based on game one. But my thought is like, a we're gonna get a worse AD offensively, and b he's gonna keep it going defensively. So that's what happened, and that's kind of how that that profited. But like I think it's a strategic standpoint. I think they want him to save it in the first half offensively, and then maybe turn on a little bit offensively in the second half, but like be locked in defensively the whole time. Yeah, I, I think they're I think they're gonna go through him in the first half of, of this game. Yeah. Um that makes me feel good. And to go back to LeBron a little bit, and part of the reason I think that they're gonna go through A D in the first half of this one is LeBron is hurt. Not and not I'm not talking about the stupid crap from last night where he was like somehow down and then perfectly fine when Austin Reeves banked in a three. Uh, you know, he was down in the backcourt, didn't even make it up, and then he was perfect. Like yeah. right away, Christian. I mean, it's just Cristiano Lebrano. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's that's the stuff that like does make Lebron get clowned on all the time. It, it's sure. like it, when he got kind of shoved by Jokic last night and then flew into the first row of the seats. <laughs> like that—that's the stuff that it's just like, dude, you don't need to do this. You're too good for that. But I did like that Jokic got him back. Um, I will say though. He is clearly hurt. Like the LeBron would be much more aggressive, especially against somebody like Jamal Murray with five fouls in game one, when you're down three, he could have easily taken Murray to the basket, but something's up with him. 
and he's not the regular LeBron. And I'm sure there's, you know, something will come out if the Lakers do lose this series, and then everybody will have their, like, oh, well, LeBron was hurt. That's why it happened kind of yep. thing. Everybody will make excuses just like we do for every player. But it's uh, – he, he's not the best player on their team right now. And they have to start relying on Davis to be better if they want to win. Yeah. Um, I think he knows that. And I think that'll be obvious in the game plan. I think he played a full 48 or close to it in game one of the, uh, of last round against the Warriors. And he came out right out and said in the post game interview, like, Hey, we really, we really wanted to win this game. This one, they need to win this game. So mm-hmm. I can expect him out there for 45 minutes. So it's a square play. It'd probably be like, you'll see some betting people post like splits of like player props on Twitter here or there. This will probably be one of the more bet player props in, in game three, but I think it'll cash. I mean, square dumber bets of cash. Yankees usually win a hundred games, right? Everyone bets those <laughs> fools. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Fair so, point. That's what I'm on, dude. I'm taking the Celtics first half, five and a half. I, you know what? I, I wouldn't play it at six and a half. That's just too much line movement. I, I would be lying if I said that I would. So sorry, guys. Hopefully you read my article this morning. Um, use that money to bet Gabe Vincent under three and a half assists at minus there 160. And under under Max Strews, 12 and a half points. Would it, which, oh, yeah. When we're both on over 22 and a half Marcus Smart player combo. That's actually the only thing I have officially bet. If I had to lean somewhere, I would. If you're looking for like a side, I would I would lean towards Heat plus the nine and a half, and then that's that's about the only side I really have. I, I still lean over the five and a half, although I gave it out at three and a half earlier for Lakers. Yeah, I'm locking in a five and a half bet. I'm really jealous of your closing line value here. Uh I I am curious though, like what do you what do you think the line's gonna be when after tonight for Heat versus Celtics in Miami? I'll say Celtics two and a half. Minus two and a half? Yeah. Minus two, two and a half. Almost regardless, right? I mean if they're down over two, I don't think I don't think the market's like, well, you know, Miami might be the better team. They should be the home favorites. I think they're gonna be like no. Boston's got to win this game. They're going to win it, win it regardless of the gym. And it's also like Boston has struggled at home in the playoffs. So I think regardless, they're two and a half point favorites for game three. What do you think? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really curious. I mean, if the Celtics win this, you're at one and one, the line, what was the first game? Eight and a half. This one's now nine and a half. I mean, what is, what is home? Uh, they're saying home court and NBA is, playoffs anywhere from three and a half to four so you do like the eight point yeah. swing it's down to one and a half i mean it could easily be seven point swing down to two and a half that's kind of what i'm thinking two two and a half yeah i don't know i mean i think i'd almost lean towards taking the heat no matter what no matter what the spread is at this point yeah i i don't, I don't hate that three. i mean i just i think the number that we'll be we'll be playing against will be celtics minus two and a half you gotta figure it out Probably. from there Probably. Um, yeah. So on Lakers minus five and a half, and I'm going over Anthony Davis twenty four and a half points. As far as the next podcast, we do 
Not sure. I'll probably be back to talk golf next Tuesday. Maybe David will be back uh, to discuss the NBA uh, playoffs at whatever juncture we reconnect at. We'll definitely do something for the NBA finals, but not sure. Not 100% sure for the conference finals. But best of luck to you, homies. Um, whether you fade or follow us, I don't know. There's a lot to gamble on this weekend between the PGA Championship, conference finals, Preakness. So best of luck to you guys, whatever you're uh, putting your hard work for. Our hard-earned money into. Free Berducci.